what I've learned to appreciate more this year is definitely my family, Anthony. It's um, you know, I've I've you know I've missed out a lot of things. Um, you know, like any restaurateur that has that has children, you you know you miss out on those things. Uh, you know, when you when your child's growing up, it could be that school concert, it could be that first sports day, or whatever it might be. But uh, one thing I've definitely learned to appreciate is, you know, spending time with my loved ones. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. No matter the adversity, there are always positives to be found. Some appear instantaneously. Others may not reveal themselves until we've had a chance to sift through the wreckage. The pandemic has impacted many in many different ways, but what has become evident is the chance to change, to look for positives and steer the ship in a new direction. George Casamatis is the owner of George's on Weymouth in Adelaide, South Australia. George, how are you? Very well, Anthony. Nice to hear you. Thanks for joining us. We're fast approaching summer we've just had the melbourne cup last week which is notoriously busy for restaurants what's what's this period looking like for you in adelaide with the restaurant um things start to definitely heat up uh, normally with um you know with melbourne cup it is the restaurant's birthday and um we celebrated 18 years last week so um wow yeah it was a it was a to be honest with you it was probably a day i thought we weren't going to get to this year after the events of of 2020, uh, but uh, it was a quite an emotional day to say the least. And um, yeah, saw um, 18 years flash by my eyes very quickly that day. But uh, a day that um, you know went really well, and um, you know having our regulars in and um, just seeing the team together and um, you know working as a unit and looking after the people like we do was it was a beautiful thing, and um, I was very grateful for so. Yeah, it was, it was great. But in general, yeah, look, um, you know, like for a lot of us in this industry, this time of year tends to, to heat up and, um, uh, you know, the bookings are starting to come in for Christmas and, um, you know, the, the phone's ringing a little bit more and, you know, it's definitely, you know, things are getting better and uh, we just need to look at the positives and, and, and push on from there. 18 years is pretty extraordinary in the hospitality sector and you mentioned that earlier this year you thought you may lose it or can you, can you take us back to that time and when the pandemic first happened and what sort of impact it had? Well, uh, I definitely won't forget our last day. Our last day we traded was um, Saturday, March 21. And uh, that was our, well, we weren't told that we'll be closing up shop, but um, the next day we were given the instructions that we, we, we were forced and had to close. Um, and um, uh, I must say the Monday that followed wasn't uh, uh, the best of days. Um, the phone didn't stop ringing, but it was ringing due to cancellations. Um, you know, we lost probably a good 30 to 35 events um, that were booked in for the following probably two to three months. And uh, majority of the guests wanted uh, their deposits back. So, you know, we had to repay uh, quite a bit of money back to our to our customers. Some said, look, leave the money there, George, and, you know, we'll leave it in credit. And, we'll, you know, once we're over this, or when we're over this, we'll you know we'll rebook re with you. Um, so uh, it was it was quite a I suppose a, a daunting day or, or week ahead. And um, you know we had uh, I had a meeting with all my crew and uh, you know sat them down just to discuss because I think it was just took everyone by surprise. Um, I think in a way you know some say they they expected this, others didn't. Um, we didn't know to what extent this was going to like affect our industry and, and our business. 
but sitting down with the staff and, and going through it with them in a, in, a, in a small way to talk about, you know, what do we do from here? Um, you know, where does the business go? I think it was more or less wanting to make the staff uh, feel secure to let them know that, um, that I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. And um, our intention is to always uh, push on. So we needed that time just to, um, to stop, think, and see how we were going to um, move forward um, during, this, um, during this closure. With all of those events cancelled and the restaurant closed, what were some of the things you did to uh, ensure revenue was coming in and keep the business afloat? Yeah, so that, um, that, um, the week after the closure, we, we actually had the restaurant closed for about, uh, about 10 days and had to really sit down and think, you know, what can we offer? How can we, you know, stay connected with our customers? Um, and just keep ourselves front and centre so that hopefully one day, you know, when we, when we can reopen, that we, we had some sort of leverage and some sort of momentum moving forward. So I, you know, I, I emailed and, and contacted a majority of my staff and we got together and I just said to the guys, you know, we, we, we have to reopen. We can't just sit here and do nothing. Um, um, just for the good of the business, for the good of ourselves and also for our own mental state, for just for, you know, for us as individuals to just keep pushing forward and, and offering something to our customers. So we, you know, instead of going down the model of, um, you know, just general takeaway, um, we were never geared for that. So we thought, why don't we put together something? Um, and we offered um, George's to go, which was a, a hamper that um, you could pre-order by Thursday of every week uh, to be picked up and or delivered um, on the Saturday of the same week. So the first one we launched was for Easter, um, which, you know, which was uh, very successful. And then we thought, well, let's continue this with the Orthodox Easter. So the following week, we, we put a, a, an Orthodox-inspired pack together. Um, I contacted one of my friends um, who has a Greek bakery who made some lovely tsureki, a Greek-inspired Easter bread. Um, you, know, we, you know, we involved wineries locally as well. So I, every week with these hampers that we offered, we um, supported a different winery every week locally to also give them, to give them some support. Um, so yeah, so that's the, we pushed on with that and, and Mother's Day was around the corner and, um, uh, before you know it, uh, that was actually our most popular weekend, uh, where we, we completely sold out of, um, all our hampers, which, um, I was just so grateful for and overwhelmed. And, uh, and again, it was just the, the way, the reconnection with our customers and, and, and having them come in and. Um, it was really interesting, actually. I think a lot of them actually wanted to drive in and pick it up and say hello. They actually didn't want us to deliver it to them. They wanted to come in and say, "George, can we come and say good day? Can we come and buy some wine? <laughs> can we, you know?" So it was, it was, it was just great to, to, you know, see the the faces and and you know connect with our customers because ultimately that's what the industry is about. It's um, hospitality is not a online business. Well, it is to it can be, but to me, hospitality is about you know being in front of people. Um, you know, sharing stories and, and providing a service and looking after their needs. And, um, you know, we did that in a small way and hopefully we touched a few people's lives along the way. And um, so we kept going with it, uh, you know, through through closure um, right up until um, end of May until we were given uh, the opportunity to reopen our restaurant uh, beginning of June. So You also uh, run a wine import business and I know um, your heritage is, is Greek and... Uh, you're very proud and champion food, food and wine um, from Greece. Can you tell us a bit about uh, that import business and and what happened during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
Byzantine wine merchants was born um, definitely through my yeah, love of, of heritage and, and that of wine. And um, in 20, 2016, I actually was invited over to Greece with um, you know, a handful of um, uh, local Soms, as in from around, around the country, um, invited by an importer to go over and do a whirlwind trip uh, throughout Greece, like in seven days. I was literally flying, <laughs> flying, meeting Athens, fly up north, visit a few wine regions, back down to Athens, down to Crete, back to Athens and back to Australia. So it, it was quite an inspirational trip to, um, to go back home, um, which I hadn't been back since I was a little boy, and to visit um, some of these producers that we've been selling wine for uh, for many years in the restaurant, but also share that experience with some other like-minded individuals um, that have a love of wine, not just for Greek wine, but for wine in general. Um, and, you know, coming back just um, made me think, you know, there's, you know, there's something here. Why don't I take my passion for this and, and turn it into a, into a small business? So, you know, a year later, Byzantine Wine Merchants was born and um, um, we, we grew from there. So we, we work with um, six producers, generally one producer from each appellation throughout the country, but we have a focus purely on Indigenous varietals. So uh, Greece, 80% um, of the varieties in Greece are Indigenous to the country. Um, so they're quite unique and uh, we wanted to focus purely on those varietals and uh, we now supply restaurants around the country. Um, we have a lot of private buyers and George's on Weymouth is a, is a key um, as a key position in this because it's like our, the restaurant's like our tasting room really in a way and um, it enables us to show um, these wines to our customers, um, you know, throughout lunch and dinner and we also have tailored uh, tastings in the restaurant as well. But um, but Byzantine Wine Merchants had a big influence during lockdown as, you know, we had customers um, who wanted to, um, until the government gave us the the permission and the, the liquor authority gave permission for restaurants to deliver, um, you know, wine to to to, to homes or, you know, to be included, you know, with uh, takeaway. Well, we used our licence, um, which is run uh, separately to the restaurant to, you know, to supply to individuals um, and those that wanted uh, wine to be, uh, you know, to be consumed at home because you can imagine the uptake would have been, you know, I think everyone was, um, I think, hitting the bottle a little bit during that time and, um, you know, uh, it gave us an opportunity to, um, you know, to showcase our wines but also provide that service um, not just when restaurants, uh, sorry, not just when they came in to pick up takeaway, but also to have it uh, delivered uh, to the door as well. Uh, so, um, yeah, had had a major role, and um, it, it it to a degree probably saved us as well, Anthony, um, as far as um, having that side of the business um, um, as well. You've played an integral role in the hospitality sector of Adelaide for two decades now, but you didn't grow up in Adelaide. Can you tell us how you got started in the industry? Yeah, um, so I'm a Canberra boy. I was uh, born and brought up there. I um, I, um, I I studied hospitality um, as as a boy back home, and um, my father, um, literally up until probably oh, only two years ago, um, had the downtown milk bar in Manica, and uh, dad was there for like over forty five years. And as a, as a kid, I um, wow. yeah, it was quite special, and, and I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Um, from school, I'd go to dad's you know milk bar, and dad would say, "All right, well, you know, get your homework sorted because you've got work to do." So uh, I would finish the homework in the office, and dad would be like, um, "It's time to come out. You know, let's start mopping the floor. Let me show you how to make a great espresso. You know, 
let me show you how to balance the till. So that's how, um, you know, dad got me started. And that was the same for my brother and my sister. And um, I just always had a love of work and dad brought me up to work. And, um, and uh, it's one thing which I, I really appreciate. So, uh, you know, the way my father brought us up, if I could bring my boys half as well up as what dad has brought us up, I'd be a very, very happy man. So, you know, for dad, it was more about, you know, teaching us the way, knowing that, you know, or understanding that, you know, things don't, you know, don't come for free. You need to work for it um, and you need to respect what you have. And to achieve that, you know, it comes with hard work. So it's definitely something that dad instilled in us. And um, I still use those, um, that sort of philosophy here, even in my restaurant today, um, where dad said that, you know, you know, it's all about, you know, your respect, your integrity and your humility and how you approach things, especially your work, and you need to deliver that. And that's how we service service our guests. So, yeah, Canberra, um, you know, fond memories. My first restaurant was was back home um, after, you know, waitering and, and being a kitchen hand in my, in my teenage years. And um, my first uh, restaurant was a place called uh, Cafe Pronto, who was a, which was a restaurant that um, um, a Melbourneian... Um, Greek um, opened in the suburb of Braddon, just on the outskirts of the city there, and um, it was just uh, purely focusing more on the public service trade and, um, you know, coming in and having, you know, um, and, and a selection of different pastas and salad and garlic bread. So it was quite traditional, you know, the checkered uh, tablecloths, <laughs> um, and uh, it was, it was, you know, it was quite, quite a place, and um, I was working there as a waiter, and the owner actually said to me, look, George, I'm... I'm planning on going overseas for a few months. How would you feel about looking after the business for me? And uh, he sort of stopped, he paused, and then he said, well, if you're interested, you might even want to buy it. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, well, yeah, I thought, why not? So, so, so he's a, he's a, he's a 21-year-old a um, thinking to himself, um, how's he going to gather some, you know, some money, maybe a partner or two, and, and get into his first restaurant? So cut a long story short, I... I got together with uh, two close friends of mine and, um, you know, spoke to dad and um, he helped me go to the bank and we borrowed some money and, um, and off we went. And, you know, we, we, we got into a business that we could, we could see had a lot of potential and, you know, we increased the trading hours and we put out a nice uh, sort of outdoor dining area and, um, you know, that we had a lot of success there. And, and then after that, it was uh, time for me to to move on and um, help dad a little bit more in, in his business. And um, and then, you know, before I, I moved to Adelaide, I, I managed quite a few restaurants in Canberra and and came here. And um, yeah, the rest is history. And I've been here for the last, yeah, over 20 years now. Well, George's has been, you know, one of the stable restaurants in Adelaide for two decades. And um, you really are one of the hubs of the food scene there. How, how much has food changed in Adelaide in that time that you've had the restaurant? Oh, look, I think it's changed considerably. I think, um, look, I think the food scene in Adelaide, not has it grown, but um, it's just nice to see that a lot of chefs, especially, are staying here. They're not, you know, moving to the eastern seaboard like they like they were at one stage. So, you know, if you look at, um, you know, the venues that are around the city and the selection that we have, I think, you know, we're quite fortunate to have a lot of our talent um stay uh, stay in in this city um with with our restaurant you know i remember when we opened there was um actually waymaster was a bit of a ghost town it was um well actually the only restaurant on the strip when we opened and um there was a little cafe just up the road called manor cafe and uh i thought um you know 
there was an opportunity here uh, because I was uh, working with Chong Lu at the Grange. So the great Chong Lu, I worked with him at the Grange restaurant at the Hilton Hotel. And um, there was an opportunity to come here and the landlord was, was sort of bugging me saying, you know, come on, George, you know, there's a great opportunity here. There's a great site. Come and have a look at it. Love you to come in. And um, I came here and just sat here on my own and I thought, what, you know, what could I do here? And I, and I felt um, that... You know, there was a there was a there was a need to service the, the corporate sector. You know, the CBD, the business hub, um, and even though it was a quieter part of time, a quite quieter part of the town at the time, um, I just saw the potential to to, to tap into that market. Um, so before you know it, I've uh, signed a lease um, and uh, taken the plunge, and um, um, yeah, and uh, you know things have, have definitely changed a lot over the years here in the restaurant. Where uh, when we opened, we were only trading. Um, for breakfast and lunch Monday to Friday and dinner Friday night only and no weekends. So it was a bit like, you know, a bit like, a bit like the dream hours of, 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 of our industry. But, um, <laughs> but like anything, the, the precinct grew, um, you know, and some great restaurants have come on the strip. And, um, and with it, I think, you, you know, or we needed to grow with that. So, you know, we added uh, Thursday and Saturday night to the mix, you know, and then a couple of years later we added Wednesday, then we added Tuesday and then we added Monday night. So, we we um, we grew with it and um, and uh, and then in 2013 we opened up a, a private dining room upstairs, as we felt there was a market for that in the city. If you take away the hotels, uh, there's not a lot of um, private dining rooms available, so that we wanted to tap into that market as well. And um, like the good old saying, wish we did it, you know, earlier, sort of thing. Which um, it went, it's 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 been going really well for us, uh, and. Um, yeah, so, but unfortunately, obviously, you know, things have definitely changed this year. And, um, but having a larger venue um, has benefited us uh, when it comes to, you know, restriction of numbers, um, et cetera. You've won many accolades over the years, but what makes a great restaurant? Uh, I think it's it, what well, I think it makes it's the people that make the restaurant. I think it's uh, the people that you work with. Um, I'm only as good as the people that are around me. Um, yes, my, my name's on the door, but. Um, you know, it's it's important to build a, a team that is willing to uh, share your vision and, and work with you, um, but more importantly, uh, to serve people's needs. And I think that's what the industry is about. Um, one thing I've learned is that we're in the business of serving people and looking after people, and uh, that's something that, um, yeah, I hold, I hold very close to my heart. So my view is that, you know, to make a great venue, people are going to leave you know, their world to come into yours. And I think when they do that, um, you know, you need to give them that love and that respect and that duty of, of taking care of them um, and giving them experience that they can hopefully take home and, you know, share with their family, their friends um, and so on. You mentioned just a little earlier that this year has changed things. What sort of changes have, have happened for the restaurant? Well, when we, uh, we you know, like I mentioned earlier, we, we were never... Um, you know, we never had a takeaway model, so it was quite interesting to changing, you know, our booking system into an online ordering system, and um, you know, um, making sure we, you know, we're, you know, we're 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 getting the right packaging, and you know, you know, I wanted to, you know, make sure we were trying to do things as best we could when it came to that offering. Uh, but then I thought to myself, you know, when we get hopefully or when we get out of this, how can we, you know, how can we move forward as a venue and, a, and a, as a, as an establishment? So. We need to obviously sit down and look at how we were trading. Um, so for starters, we, you know, we, we 
put a line right through coffee and breakfast. So we used to we used to trade for breakfast and coffee from from seven a.m. here at George's, and uh, that was the first thing that we we said to ourselves. We just we we just had to we had just had to stop that. We were looking at that before or pre-COVID, and COVID just brought it forward. So we um so then we just moved to a model of just focusing purely on lunch and dinner. You know, when lunch is over, we, we, we lock the doors, you know, we, you know, we, we set up for dinner, you know, I, I ensure that my staff have their breaks, um, you know, we close Sunday and Monday, so that way everyone has their two days off in a row. Um, so, you know, I was looking at ways where we could better the business, not just for, you know, for the business itself and its profitability, but also for the staff and to look at where we could improve, you know, I always look at where we can improve working conditions and how can we make it better for the team? You know, how can we keep them fresh and focused and so on? So the trading hours was, was a big aspect um, in that. So, um, you know, that, that was, it's definitely something that we're, we're glad we did. And um, even though we're still down a certain percentage um, with revenue, we can definitely see the benefits of, of focusing more on shorter, shorter time frame. So we're focusing more on, on, trying to have a, a higher or maximum spend between that, you know, that 12 to three, that six to eight, you know, push the event side of things for the venue and um, just keep it really tight. And it's, um, I think that's definitely um, been a big positive um, moving forward for the, for the venue. Yeah. At the top of the show, you mentioned how many events were cancelled because of COVID. But what's that space looking like now for, for the restaurant moving forward? Well, is events starting to open up again? Oh look, it, it, they definitely they definitely are. Um, you know, we're seeing right now. It's interesting. Um, June, when we opened in June, we we thought, um, you know, just in general for our car bookings that there would be quite a big uptake because everyone wanted their fix, and we saw that. And I thought, mm, is this going to last? You know, once everyone's had their sort of sugar hit, I'm thinking maybe things might drop off a little, which they did. So sort of coming into August, September, I felt things um, dropped off a little bit for for our business. Um, and then into September, leading into October, I definitely started, you know, seeing the increase of interest for group bookings. The, you know, the phone was ringing more. Um, a lot of customers, I think, were trying to get in early for their Christmas event, still not knowing whether or not COVID was going to have an impact. But we've been quite fortunate in South Australia as far as uh, the, the restrictions. And, um, you know, I think we're doing, you know, we're, we're very lucky that we can, you know, have X amount of guests in our venue at any one time. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely seen a big increase. And, um, you know, like, I, I don't think I don't think I have a Friday or Saturday available in our private room from, I think, mid-November right through to Christmas, which is, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great start. So now hopefully we can pick up some other cart bookings to bolster that. And, um, you know, you know it, looks, it looks really positive, um, looks really positive. So hopefully it can stay that way. Um, but, you know, it's, um, but we're still having, you know, those, you know, certain groups cancelled because it's company policy for them not to be able to have a group event or they're not allowing uh, their staff to fly interstate. So, you know, even though things are easing around the country, I still find that... Um, uh, you know, certain companies are still uh, quite uh, quite uh, fix, fixed on not allowing staff to either travel or be amongst um, a large gathering, um, even though the cases have eased uh, considerably. Yeah. You mentioned how much the restaurant model has changed because of COVID. How much have you changed? What's this year been like for you, someone who's run a restaurant for two decades and been so influential in Adelaide? What- what sort of impact has it had on you? Oh, look, personally, um, look, it's um, oh, 
yeah, look, it's a, a huge impact for me. I think, I think what I've what I've learned. Look, I've always appreciated it, but what I've learned to appreciate more this year is definitely my family, Anthony. It's um, you know, I've I've, you know, I've missed out a lot of things. Um, you know, like any restaurateur that has that has children, you you know, you miss out on those things. Uh, you know, when you when your child's growing up, it could be that school concert, it could be that first sports day, or whatever it might be. But uh, one thing I've definitely learned to appreciate is. You know, spending time with my loved ones. Um, even though a lot of my time was here, even during lockdown, but I, I managed to still get home of an evening, and I love cooking actually. And um, it's uh, I don't think I've cooked. Uh, I think I've cooked more this year than I have in my entire life, Anthony. To be honest, and um, it's it's funny when my wife rings me up and says to me, um, "Are you coming home to cook tonight?" Because your sons are asking. So, because <laughs> uh, like, I think they got to a stage where they got used to dad coming home and uh, and, and and cooking dinner. And spending some time with them, but uh, but look, yeah, as a for me for me as an individual, it's it, it's it's look, it's definitely made me stronger, and um, you know, you know, the, but I'm not the only one. There's there's you know, everyone I think's hurting in some way, and I think it's had positive and negative effects on everyone to some degree. Um, but I think what's important is that um, you know, you stay positive, just keep telling your mind that we will get over this, and we will. And uh, but it's just a matter, I think, of taking day by day, week by week. Because there probably is still a little bit of that uncertainty out there, but I think it's important to have that positive frame of mind and and, and do what you can, um, you know, to keep yourself mentally sane um, and to support those loved ones around you as well. Tell us about the Greek community in Adelaide and um, and what food means within the group Greek community. Oh, food for the Greek community. I think it's 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 their life. It's um it's everything. It's um you know um. You know, I remember, you know, having family dinners as a child growing up and, and dad would, would, would demand that, you know, everyone's at the table eating together, you know. It's obviously something that doesn't happen probably as much these days because everyone's time poor and, you know, usually wants to eat at different times. But, um, you know, I think, you know, food, food, food really is family. And I think in the, in the Greek culture, um, it's what brings everyone together uh, to be able to um, sit down, you know, break bread with the ones that you love. Um, and, and that's another thing that we put through in our restaurant as far as, you know, when it comes to looking after guests, you know, having guests come into, into, in our, into our venue. And, and that's where we want to look after them because they want to, you know, escape and, and enjoy, you know, the, the, the time um, that they have with their friends or their family. Um, but for, for Greeks themselves, um, I think it's the, it's the essence, it's the centre of, 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 you know, of coming together. Um, and that could be for a celebration, it could be for a birthday, it could be for a wedding, it could be for a christening. Um, so you wouldn't have seen too many big weddings this year in the Greek community, that's for sure, like you wouldn't normally. But, um, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think it plays an integral role. And, um, you know, there are many great operators uh, in South Australia. And um, um, it's just nice to... To, uh, to share, uh, I think a lot of the a lot of things that have happened this year um, amongst our industry, and and I've been able to do that with um, a lot of restaurant owners, um, uh, not just Greek, and and connect with them as well, and and share um, our experiences, um, and even just also support one another, which has been very very important. Are there any Greek dishes that you have fond memories of, and that you may have tried your hand at during this time this year when you've been cooking more than ever? Oh, look. One of my, um, yeah, it's funny. I, one of my favourite uh, probably dishes to make is is, is spanakopita, the Greek spinach pie. It's always something that I, you know, I've always tried to to perfect and change. Uh, but it's 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 you know it's definitely one that I've always loved to 
to to attack and and also um a yummy starter stuffed tomatoes and capsicums and peppers and so on which um my my mother um used to make uh, many a time and I just used to devour and, and when she di- when she did so it was it's definitely something that um you know I, I hold close to my heart and um but yeah it's uh, again just you know being able to share that uh you know share that with family is is fantastic yeah we're heading into summer and hopefully restaurants will fill up again like they do every summer what, what sort of food can people expect at George's Oh look, I think we're in the, actually we're in the midst now of um, looking at our um, you know preparing for our next menu leading into the warmer months, leading into summer. So um, you know we, we will focus you know a lot more on lighter dishes. Um, our philosophy has always been to offer something um, fresh, local. You know, supporting local producers, local farmers. Um, so you know you know we're big on you know getting in fresh seafood. Um, you know, big on on you know the the vegetables. Uh, you know, we're going to be coming into a season where you know you've got cherries, you've got stone fruits, you've got um, you know there's so many beautiful things. It's a beautiful time of year, so um, definitely something where we focus more on seasonality, um, freshness, um, and um, you know we also like to look at our cuisine as um, you know it's evolved over the years, but having that that Mediterranean you know um, Eastern European influence is is always a factor and um, uh, something that will push a little bit more into the new year as well. There's been a lot of adversity this year for so many, but there's been so many positives to take from that, especially for the industry in regards to change and rethinking how to run restaurants. How do you think the restaurant industry is going to fare in the next um, period of time and, and what's some of the positives that we can take from this experience? Oh, um Look, I think. Um, look, I think our industry. Look, I think. I think it's it's resilient. I think we'll be. You know, we'll, we'll push through and get through through this uh, pandemic. I think. Um, uh, look, I think what each and every individual business offers uh, will differ, but um, our perspective is to look at you know what we've learned from this year and to take that in, into twenty twenty one and see where where it can go. Um, you know, I look at what's happened in Adelaide, but then I think, you know, my goodness, look at look 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 at Melbourne. Um, Melbourne's, um, you know, had uh, you know had 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 the worst of it, and um, um, and if anything, it's uh, it's taught me uh, not to be complacent. And um, um, and what I want to do is, uh, you know, just focus on what we can do best as far as um, you know, looking after every guest. Uh, taking the industry forward in a way where we can provide, um, you know, consistent level of, of service, um, attention and love and care given to the customer, to our team. Um, I think the industry, um, you know, will be better for it. Um, it's going to learn from it. It has already. And, um, you know, it's funny, I had this conversation a few days ago with another restaurateur talking about, you know, um, you know, the casual aspect of dining and the fine dining side of dining and, and, and some are saying, you know, well, you know, the fine dining side's dead or it's gone. And, um, and, I, and I sort of tend to disagree with that to a, de- to a degree where, you know, you know, I think today the guests are wanting to come out more for, a, for an experience as maybe what they did before in the past. It could have been more for a celebratory day or evening where it could be for a birthday or, or an anniversary. But I, I find um, because of the impact of, of uh, COVID, it, I see that... Um, People are wanting to go out 
more regularly and 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 have a really great experience and, and know they can go out and enjoy that not just you know once every three months but on a regular basis it could be once a week it could be once a fortnight but just wanting to go out and you know and, and have that experience and and uh, appreciate um, I think what the industry has to offer as well where I, I see a a lot of our, our customers um, and I see customers in general out there I think appreciating our industry more and 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 saying to themselves you know you know yeah, I, I don't mind paying a deposit for a booking or I don't mind um, having Tony stay for an hour and a half or two hours. I have to because they, they, they get it. So I, I think that's it's, it's very important um, for our industry as a whole moving forward. And um, it's just nice, I think, to have customers understand that and, um, and, uh, and relate uh, to what we're going through and what the industry is going through as a whole. You mentioned that you grew up in the family milk bar in Monica, which is legendary in Canberra. Um, what's some of your fondest memories of the milk bar growing up? Oh, um, one thing, I, actually, one thing I, I won't, I, I haven't, I will never forget is, um, you know, dad, you know, going to the milk bar in the mornings, you know, like he'd kiss mum goodbye at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, go to the milk bar, you know, set his outside tables up. And then, before you know it, obviously during school holidays or the days that I went in with Dad early, I I noticed there was a lot of you know a lot of a lot of people people coming to visit Dad and a lot of friends and and that they'll be you know they'll be lining up because they wanted Dad to you know make the coffee and um, just you know seeing Dad you know make that espresso and you know you know and having those chats with his customers over the counter and and you know seeing a family come in and then next thing you know their kids are coming in and then they're grown up and before you know they're bringing in their kids so dad saw you know so many generations i think come through there and i think that's something that that's something that's definitely stood out uh for me um the relationships that you know that that mum and dad had um in that milk bar and um you know the connections and um you know and just seeing i suppose dad work and looking at the way he approached work and and life and um you know just got just got on with it so um you know i think the connections and um the relations that dad built in that business um you know stand up for a lot and i'm and you know it's and i was really proud to see well george um thank you so much for joining us on deep in the weeds it's been amazing to catch up with you and um, so many beautiful sentiments about connection there as well um please keep in touch and uh, we'll talk again soon. Definitely, Anthony. And uh, can I just thank you as well for, for doing um, these podcasts? It's um, it's meant a lot to me, and it's been great to listen to, um, you know, the the selection of uh, great um, professionals that we have in our industry. So it's a credit to you and your team, and um, and well done. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much, George. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>